Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey, welcome to the Smart Home Show. Today's guest, Kevin Marr, the VP and General Manager of Smart Home at Lowe's. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, Mike Wolf here with the Smart Home Show. You know, one of the pieces I wrote a couple weeks ago for Forbes that's really kind of gotten a lot of interaction on the web, on Twitter, was a piece called, Do We Need an Internet of Things Superstore? And the reason I wrote it was I was thinking back to the 90s when I used to go and buy computers, and it seemed like every time you went and bought a computer back then, it was at a store, a big store that was kind of warehouse, a big giant warehouse with tons of rows that usually had the word PC or computer uh, in the name. Computer City, CompUSA, uh, those types of places. You know, the, the, it was really kind of the era of the superstore. And nowadays, things have changed quite a bit, right? We have Costco. Clearly, we have Amazon and online shopping. And we have the Apple Store, which kind of really flipped on its head the whole idea of how people buy technology, and particularly computers and computing devices at retail. Really kind of changed the entire concept. Rather than giant, massive sprawling stores with tons of peripherals and, and kind of lots and lots of rows. Instead, you have this concept store with lots of people who really know what they're talking about, very high-touch, intimate, uh, shows you shows you how the devices work. Um, so it really changed the, the, the kind of the way people thought about it. But still, even then, with the Internet of Things becoming a big thing, with the smart home becoming a big thing, we haven't really seen a store kind of take the mantle, really grab hold. And and that's kind of what I started to think about uh, more and more as I wrote that. So that's what I was thinking about when I wrote that. And so today's guest, Kevin Marr, who is the GM and VP of the Smart Home for Lowe's, may have something to say about that. Because Lowe's was really one of the first, if not the first, big national retail chain to jump onto the Smart Home bandwagon when they announced their Lowe's Iris. Certainly the first big retail chain in the U.S. to come up, come up with their own branded platform with Iris. It was announced in 2012 and and they rolled out initially to 500 stores and more recently out to a 1500 store footprint. And I've been wanting to catch up with Kevin for a while and kind of hear how things are going. And so we caught up. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation with him. Uh, we talk about uh, a few things and there's actually a few interesting surprises and maybe some news, you know, with this podcast, I'm not often trying to break news because there are bloggers who are a lot faster uh, than I am to get stuff out. But uh, sometimes I talk to people and they tell me interesting stuff. And I think there's a couple of nuggets in here you might find of interest. Once again, the Smart Home Show is brought to you by Next Market Insights, the leading intelligence firm around the smart home, consumer internet of things. If you want to find our research, find out more about what we do there, just go to nextmarket.co. You could download our executive summaries and check that out. If you want to listen to more smart home shows, just go to technology.fm. You can find out where to subscribe. 
You can listen to them there. You can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you want to interact with me, just email us at thesmarthomeshow at gmail.com. Interact with me on Twitter. My name is Michael Wolf on Twitter. Literally, Michael Wolf, my name, Twitter. You can figure it out and find me there. Once again, thanks for listening, and here's my conversation with Kevin Marr from Lowe's. Hey, well, I want to welcome uh, Kevin Marr, who is the general manager and VP of Lowe's Smart Home. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm great. Thanks very much, Michael. Well, I'm excited to catch up with you because I think one of the growing areas in terms of consumer awareness and certainly products being pulled into smart homes around uh, the U.S. is through uh, big box retailers and as well as home home improvement stores. And and you guys were really the first home improvement store to jump into the smart home initiative. You guys launched back in 2012? That's right. That's right. Yeah. 2012 was when we went into uh, 500 stores initially, and we've just completed our full rollout uh, in February of this year um, with much bigger sets and uh, across all our stores. And take me back to the original thinking. When you were looking at this idea of creating your own essentially branded smart home product, um, what was the thinking there? Did you think that it was early? You might as well, uh, I mean, you really kind of got a first mover advantage to to agree. Was that part of it? Yeah, it, it, it was. It, 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 it was first mover advantage was definitely in, in the back of our minds. But the reality, we, we saw a reality. And that reality is that everything but everything is going to be connected to the internet. And for a company like Lowe's, we sell everything for the home, everything from water heaters, ceiling fans, light switches, wall sockets. If they're all going to be going to be connected in the future, we saw a huge opportunity to uh, to, to jump in and try and uh, solve some of the problems that we saw in many of the models that were out there around this space. And you probably learned a lot. I mean, I think when you first roll stuff out, it's, it's always kind of a test or dipping a toe in the water. But when you went more broadly – in February, I think you were out to 1,500 stores by February of this year. Um, what had you learned, and kind of how had your approach changed at retail, if at all? Well, it, it didn't. It hasn't really changed our approach to the market. We really focused, um, and we focused from day one out of the gate um, on trying to make this uh, the technology simple. We believe the the issue these days is not technology. The, the technology is not the problem. Problems business models. So we tried to look at ways in which we could make um, solutions for consumers um, that gave them greater peace of mind, greater security in the home, helped them with energy efficiency and just made life more convenient. We focused on trying to make that very simple, very affordable, and more importantly, and we think this is really important, scalable, because we, we could see a lot of things that were in market, but they were walled gardens, you know, five, a bunch of five products that worked together or frankly, a ton of products that were coming out that all worked point to point, what we call point to point. In other words, you have an app, it can control the device, but the device itself can talk to nothing else. And we, we saw all of that as confusing customers. We, we saw it all as creating uh, problems for consumers. So we simply focused on the consumer. What is it the consumer needs? And, uh, and that, that, that steered us. I still feel like we're early in the market and there's a huge part that needs to be done around consumer education about what these products do in terms of a connected device versus just a, you know, a standalone, you know, home system. So, um, so you, I feel like you as a retailer still have a lot of work ahead of you. How do you intend to kind of educate the consumer um, and, and kind of at the store level? I mean, is it end caps? Is it having specialists manning uh, kind of the Lowe's Iris area? Talk about some of the strategy there. 
Yeah, what we've done is we, 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 we learned from simply positioning the product on an end cap um, that there was a certain amount that consumers could understand, grasp very quickly and easily. Uh, you're right, though. You're absolutely, you've nailed it. The biggest challenge right now for everyone in this industry is consumer awareness, is, 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 is making consumers aware of exactly what the benefits, uh, the, the, the benefit, benefits and value proposition from these types of products is. And that's what we're working to try and do. So our, our, um, our learning was we needed more space in stores, so we've created more space. Most of our stores now have an end cap and a full wraparound into into the aisle, which gives us a lot more space in which to use signage to to message consumers. Another thing we've done is we've made a heavy investment on technology in stores. So we literally have a 42-inch touchscreen that you can walk up to, and you can do uh, everything from look at product pricing, understand what products work with with Iris, drill down into how those products work um, and uh, understand how you'd install them to make sure you're comfortable before you ever leave the store, um, access to video content and so on. And, and one other thing we've done, which is it's very hard to get um, staff trained up to to be able to answer just about any question a customer might ask. So we've got um, tiered levels of, of service in that respect. Of course, our in-store staff are trained and, and there and willing to help consumers. But if they come in with a tricky question, we've got a great big phone number published on top of the set, just call. And and whilst it might seem strange, you know, our own associates are only too happy to hand you their their phone and say, talk to the specialist, and, and, and that will plug you straight through to one of our, uh, our specially trained team who hopefully will be able to guide you through. And it's a balance between this type of education with featured areas like end caps with wraparounds, um, but also eventually migrating to having uh, your variety of point products be like doorknobs or or windows or, or whatever with the ingredient technology of Osiris um, be put out throughout the different rows. So you, you kind of have to eventually, I mean, and I think that's probably one of your strategies eventually is have um, devices in all the different areas like lighting and, and locks that would have Lowe's Iris compatible products. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And you hit the, the, the name, the magic name there. It's, it's an ingredient branding strategy. So we work with our vendors. We identify products that might sit in aisle. We identify those products as working with Iris so they don't all sit in a great big pile in the center of the store. You know, that's not possible. If you, if you think where we're going and everything's going to be connected, it's important that we give consumers uh, a message. And that message is as you look at a device, if it's a thermostat sitting within the thermostat uh, um, um, uh, shelf on an aisle, the, the ones that work with Iris will be clearly marked. And by looking at that logo, you'll understand straight away if you already subscribe to Iris, that that device will, you can take that device home and, and plug it in and it will just work. We are actually extending that because we're great believers in open standards. And as you know, a Z-Wave or a Zigbee thermostat is a Z-Wave or a Zigbee thermostat and it will work with other platforms. So we're now reaching out to other, other, other platforms um, uh, you know, telcos, cable codes, um, and saying to them, we're only too happy to identify uh, products that work on their platforms so that when consumers come in, they can make buying decisions. And if, they, if they're already, for example, a Comcast customer using Xfinity and they want a new door lock, 
Um, they can come down to Lowe's, buy it, take it home, and it will work with Xfinity. So we have a very clear view on how we think we can help this market scale. And it, it's not about um, uh, locking everybody into our platform. It's about uh, selling connected problem, pro- products for a connected world. That's interesting. The last part you talked about being open to sell other platforms that even may be directly competitive. And it sounds like you don't necessarily see it that way um, because certainly it's a different world today versus 2012. I mean, that's how fast things are moving in the, in the smart home and Internet of Things. We've had uh, Google essentially enter the space via an acquisition. You've had the, you know, the related a new standard around Thread. Um, certainly you've had quirky, uh, working with, with Home Depot and GE. So there's just, and it seems like every month or two, every week or two, there's, there's new initiatives. So it sounds to me though, you guys see yourself while you have your own branded platform, you're fairly agnostic to a degree, to a degree, I would imagine, because you, you may not necessarily have Home Depot related products, obviously. No, actually, you know, to be frank, we, we will have home, you know, products that will work on Home Depot's Wink platform. And there'll be products that customers could buy from. We want a world where we let consumers make choices. If they choose to buy a, a Wink product from uh, Home Depot, but it's a Z-Wave thermostat and it will work on our platform, um, and they bring it to us, that's fine. From our point of view, focus on the consumer. Make it simple for them. Because if we all try to make our platforms proprietary, lock down our networks, um, this market won't scale. It can't scale. And that's, that's the, that's being our challenge. And from the day we launched this product and this project, that has been our goal. And we've been thrilled to see so many new companies come to the space. And um, it's very exciting. A little nervous about some of the business models that are coming forward because we do believe that this, this openness is the key for, for, for everyone. We've all got to do our bit in raising consumer awareness. Um, and some of the models that are coming to market have the danger of, of confusing customers, not helping. Certainly. And it's kind of more related to standards. It's funny because it seems like every new standard comes out, comes out professing and claiming that they're doing it because they have the good intentions of making things work better together. But, but at the same time, it, it seems to me it's making, uh, creating even a more balkanized environment oftentimes, at least in the outset until there's a shakeout <laughs> because there's yeah, just more, more standards. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. You're right. Um, you know, the idea that bringing that bringing a new standard is uh, to market is a way in which you know that standard's the ultimate best standard, and everybody should copy it. In truth, it's not a technology discussion; it's a commercial discussion. It's 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 um, vested interests wanting to promote particular standards because they want to lock customers into a particular strategy and a particular plan. We don't believe that's in, in anyone's interest. We're totally agnostic to standards. And frankly, if somebody comes out with a standard that everybody adopts, well, great. We, we'll, we, we will simply start, we'll put that wireless technology, we'll all adopt that and we'll all be happy. But the key thing about this is not, uh, as I say, this is not a technology discussion. It's more of a commercial discussion. And we think uh, companies need to do two things. They need to work with open standard protocols and actually equally uh, open up their APIs to allow customers choice on who a- who has access to to how devices are controlled the the Lowe's Iris hub has Zuave and Zubi radios and I believe it also has Wi-Fi in it you guys 
don't at this point have Bluetooth low energy, but it seems, certainly seems like that that wireless protocol is gaining momentum. Talk about your thoughts around Bluetooth. It, it will be in our next hub. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> that's an answer. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Three years ago, it, it wasn't a technology that – it was a technology that was emerging. It had a place. And it, it had limitations, and it still does have limitations. It can't replace, at, the, at this moment in time, it can't replace the other three wireless standards. But it, it adds value, um, and there's more and more devices now that that, uh, that support it, so it adds more value. So we're now adding it, and so our next version of the hub will have uh, BLE. And do you have any ETA estimated uh, arrival time for your next hub? Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking um, Q1 of next year, late Q1 of next year. Okay. Kevin, you talked a little bit earlier about business models, and I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about yours, and then maybe you could talk about some of the business models that you know, you, you're a little bit worried about. Um, so you know, my understanding is you guys have a, essentially what in the internet space people call a freemium model, and that there's kind of a, a free tier that people can buy for some functionality, and then they can upgrade – if they want a fuller, richer experience, I believe for nine 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 months. So, talk about your, your your idea there, why you went with that model, and then I'd love any details on how it's doing. Yeah, well, uh, to put, answer the first part of that question, we 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 believe you can't you cannot sell um, uh, you know two hundred worth dollars worth of device and uh, and if it's connected, then start charging. I think that model has been has, has been proven uh, as defunct. So. There has to be a level of free, um, and that brings a whole bunch of issues for consumers in terms of, of um, and for vendors, you know, because the truth is nothing's free. If you're to support a device over the years, how do you do that? You've got to run servers, you've got to manage that customer, you've got to manage that device. But but we believe um, our model, which is as a retailer, we, we, we're selling the product, so we're making a margin on the product, and we're comfortable in selling uh, the product with a service that's basically free so that we can support that device. We're looking to um, add more value. So what we've got at the moment is really uh, very simple. You can buy any device from Lowe's. and All the basic functionality for any device you buy from us, the operation of that device over the Internet is free. Um, apps, access to apps using control, monitoring and controlling it over an app is free. So there's a free level. But we're constantly working to try and add value, and we will... And the market will tell us whether whether this is working or not. And, and by that, I mean we want to add value by joining all these devices together because it's not the it's not the connecting to a device that's real a real value proposition for a consumer. It's the devices talking to each other. So we've created what we consider a rules based engine. We call it magic, but it fundamentally allows the customers to go in and start programming their home, make all the devices work together. It gives them modes. So, for example, with my own property, I can program my house into away mode when I leave. I can have that automated. And so if my key fobs, if the last key fob leaves the house, the house goes into away mode automatically. Away mode will close the door, will lock, uh, deadbolt the door locks. It will turn the thermostat down. It will make certain lights, light sockets. Um, it, it will power down certain uh, devices. Uh, and that all just happens automatically. Now. That, there's a lot of work goes on in the background for doing that, and, and that's what we charge the 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 the, the, the ten dollars a month for. That that charge is there's no contract, there's no fixed term. Customers can come and go as they please, 
Um, we will constantly look to add more and more value um, into that uh, into that area. So, for example, um, we've bund- we're now bundling um, care services. So, using the system to look after the after seniors, uh, we're now bundling that into uh, the ten dollars a month. So, customers who want to look after an elderly parent perhaps receive a message when if if mum's not out of bed by a set time in the day. Or perhaps if she opens a door between midnight and six in the morning and really she shouldn't be, she shouldn't be going outside and you want to be messaged, we've, we've now bundled that into the $10. The way we, we see things happening is we're bringing more and more devices that will go into this, into this, this pool. Customers can happily choose to manage and control those devices for free. Um, and we uh, think that as we uh, grow the, the the bundle and create mo- loads and loads of new rules and interesting new services, algorithms that will help them save energy, for example, um, that they'll value that service. Um, and, and, and it's as simple as that. And any any indication or can you talk about the, the splits between people who have upgraded to the, 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 the 999 or the, the premium tier? I, I can't. I can't okay. give you a breakdown, but what I can say is, you know, we're extremely pleased. Um, and the market research we've had back shows that customers really do value it. Um, the the satisfaction rate's extremely high. Um, frankly, much better than we would have expected out of the gate at this stage with so much uh, noise around around uh, business models. But we 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 do believe that it's an industry we're attacking an industry that traditionally has charged thirty to fifty dollars a month um you know with 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 what what is a traditionally low value proposition you know a pure security system so we're attacking the market with a a model that we think is very disruptive and and from what we're seeing customers are very pleased with it if you can tell me at all about uh, the the customer, in terms of like you talked a little bit about your market research, while you can't talk about the splits between free and paid, I'd love to hear about any data around the customer in terms of like number of devices they have connected to a network and, and what are some of the most popular different point solution or end nodes? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm happy to, to share a bit of information around that. We, we're, we're, we're extremely pleased. Right now, our average customer is approaching double digit um, connections. So devices. So they buy a kit. The kit is $179, for example, for a safe and secure or a comfort and control kit. One's, one's fundamentally a security system. The other's fundamentally home automation. But they can come back and they can add, you know, and it will depend on their lifestyle. So we get some will come back and they'll add water irrigation. Nothing to do with security. And, you know, perhaps something to do, they consider it an energy efficiency thing, but frankly, it's probably more to do with convenience. And, and they're adding those devices. We we now have extended our range of devices, but uh, we, we, our customer, our average customer now, as I mentioned, is is close to uh, ten um, uh, different devices per system, which is which is great for us right now. And, and we're growing that. The more devices we bring in, the more devices we think they'll buy. And um, in a couple of months' time, we launch a Wi-Fi enabled water heater. Um, which will we we believe is 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 going to be a, a a huge benefit for people who really are serious about wanting to reduce their energy costs. And we already have connected thermostats out there, so it, it gives consumers choice. Um, there's there's different things. The one thing we've learned is this: consumers are motivated by different things. Um, the biggest selling um, products we have right now tend to be around safety. 
So customers um, are buying more safe and secure systems than they are buying home automation. But what we're noting is those people who buy safe and secure systems are coming back to buy automation. So, you know, they're upgrading their systems to add these other things. And that's, that's fabulous. That's exactly what we hope to design. And that's why you built the, the original bundles, if you will, because, um, you know, your original, I mean, my understanding is your original research, having talked to you guys before, is it showed there's a high awareness and grasp of this idea of security. It's something that's tangible. Automation is a little fuzzier, but you, you have a bundle around that. And so it, that's kind of corresponding with what where it seems the consumer is today. But over time, as they learn more about this, I guess, more advanced concept of the smart home, I could see them coming back for more of these devices that aren't necessarily around core security. No, I think you're absolutely right, Michael. I think, you know, we, we, it, it was too hard a story in Isle to, to start telling them of how wonderful home automation could be and all the great things it can do in your life. Because the thing with this market is there are no killer apps. It's not like that. That expression was around for 10 years. You know, go out there and create a killer app. The one thing that will get everybody on board and then cross sell and upsell. There's, to different customers, there's there's different things that mean everything to them, um, you know. And and you know, I've I've met customers who, uh, with children coming home from school before they get home from work, and getting a text message when the kids get home is, you know, is the only reason they've really bought the system. And by the way, it can do all this sort of cool stuff. That's great. Others have been motivated by monitoring the dog walker turning up at lunchtime. I'm paying him, you know, X amount of bucks. I want to know he turned up. I want to know when he came and when he went. Um, others, you know, I want to look after mom. And, and so all of us have a need, and that need is different. With regard to the security industry and your point uh, you mentioned there a moment ago around, yeah, security is definitely the thing that most people recognize, so it's the easiest one to target. Um, but there's a... Ultimately, as you've you've said yourself, that's the industry that's going to be actually the least important. Over time, all these other bits will be the value proposition. And if I can point to your own car as an example, 30 years ago, there was a huge industry. 20 years ago, there was a huge industry selling security systems for cars. You drive out of the dealers, you'd walk around the corner. And people didn't value central locking. They didn't value electric windows. They were expensive. They were difficult. They were... Now, now, um, when you go in and buy a car, the idea of buying a car without a key fob that opens and closes it, without wipers that come on automatically, without central locking, um, um, without headlights that come on when it gets dark, you, you wouldn't buy that car. But nobody asks, does it have a security system fitted? And the smart home of the future will be the exact same. It will be all the other stuff it does, central locking, energy saving, ease of, ease of operation, Devices that are connected so they can get the warranties and the maintenance can be done remotely. The other things are going to be important to consumers. And by the way, if any nasty person chooses to break <laughs> in, hey, they'll send the police round. Well, great. This has been very good. Uh, before I let you go, I noticed a slight accent, Kevin. Are you from uh, the other side of the pond? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm from the, I'm from, from, uh, from the UK, uh, from, from, from uh, England. And w- what's um, your background uh, before uh, you came to Lowe's? Well, I've actually been in the space now for uh, 12 years. I, I, I've started a company in the UK, and so building out this type of technology and, frankly, doing exactly this. Um, ten years started doing this for, for companies 10 years ago, yeah, so a little bit ahead of, ahead of the time in that sense. Um, but the market's really starting to to take off now, so I'm thrilled to be uh, working with the, with a company like Lowe's 
who a company who very few people really thought, myself included, I'll be frank. Um, you know, I've been coming to the U.S. a, a, a ton, and uh, most of my work has been with telcos and service providers who were layering this over the top of broadband. And it was it was meeting Lowe's and 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 meeting the people at Lowe's and looking at at, at Lowe's that really gave me an aha moment. And that aha moment was that you know all of these other all of these other companies had a problem. They could all they had a real problem supporting devices, selling devices. They sold services, uh, broadband entertainment services, but selling the breadth of devices that were going to be that would be connected was going to be a problem. And when I met Lowe's and looked at their footprint, um, you know, we, we kind of it was an aha moment for me. And when they said, "Well, do you, do you fancy coming and 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 building a platform out, and that that platform will be open, it'll be the Switzerland of platforms, so any device can connect to it, and we can connect everything across the store." That that ability to finally realise that vision of of uh, of a truly connected home was was too appealing to me. That and the weather. <laughs> that and the weather. Well, and, and you know, it's it's. Uh, I've seen tons of great products in you know in the decade I've been following the space, and it's always comes down to can you get distribution? I mean, there's a few things that go viral, maybe because they have a a founder that comes from Apple or something like that. Um, that is, that's, that's a, you know, high profile tech celebrity, but by and large at the end of the day to sell the stuff, you need access to, to customers and, and retail footprint. And that's, and so it makes a lot of sense that Lowe's starts there and moves backwards. Yeah, I, I sincerely hope so. And I hope that in a year or two's time, we're having this conversation and go, again and going, that worked really well. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, we, we think, um, we're, we're leading the market right now. Um, but we all admit that the market hasn't really taken off yet. You know, it's a, it's a, it, it's all very fuzzy still, but we remain totally convinced and committed to a strategy we started, uh, agreed three years ago and started executing two years ago. Hey, Kevin. Well, thanks for taking time. It's been a great call. Michael, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. That was good. I hope you learned something. I know I did. One of the things I learned was Lowe's Iris Second Hub will have Bluetooth low energy in it. I also learned that they're fairly agnostic around putting out smart home hardware uh, and would even be open to putting hardware on the shelves that would work with, obviously, the Home Depot stuff and Wink. So I think that's interesting. Overall, it was a good conversation. I appreciate Kevin coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to listen to more, you know where to go, technology.fm, and check it out. Also, check out our latest report on the DIY smart home and get the free executive summary at nextmarket.co. Once again, thanks for listening. My name is Mike Wolf. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>